Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. everybody you're listening to a brand new episode of the all things dave podcast and i'm your host phantom dark dave today i got andy back on the show we're gonna talk about our favorite werewolf movies what's up andy what's up dave long time no talk to man yeah it's been a little bit since we've done an episode uh yeah it's, it's cool to get back on the mic yeah and you know hopefully people are uh, on the edge of their seat because not only is werewolves a cool topic I don't know how much crossover we're actually going to have, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, you got, like, your werewolf movies, your vampire movies, your zombie movies. Like, there's everybody's got their favorite kind of monster, like, their go-to. And I wish there was more Creature from the Black Lagoon movies, because then I could say, you know, uh, creatures, you know, are, are my favorite. But with Universal, you know, they just kind of did that, and so... But they brought us a lot of really cool things. You know, you got your Draculas and your Frankensteins and everything. And the Wolfman, you know, like werewolves in general, it's kind of been around forever. But I feel like for the longest time, that was one of the most, like, lacking genres, you know, for all of the different creature features. But if you do your research, I think that I was wrong and that there's just tons of werewolf movies that a lot of people have just never heard of. Oh, yeah. I When I was doing the research for this episode, yeah, I found out there was a lot of werewolf movies throughout the different decades but and it's also interesting like they a lot of filmmakers use the term werewolf loosely like i would start watching a movie i'm like this isn't really a werewolf movie it's like okay maybe it's like there was even like a dr jekyll and mr hyde movie that was supposed to be a werewolf movie and like yeah this is not mr hyde doesn't really equal werewolf but (laughs) kind of like a stretch huh (laughs) uh, yeah you know you have kind of like your quintessential werewolf movies and i was like i can't like not like these movies and talk about these movies but i want to find some diamonds in the rough like i always try to do and so when i started looking i came across some that it's like how did i not even know about this like there's some that i would have thought for sure i would have loved had i known about it or had the chance to watch it back in the day but Honestly, with the streaming, we, we can find all kinds of cool stuff, and I'm happy to say that I did, so I hope you did too. Oh, yeah. So, Andy, let's just dive into this list, man. We got a top five with one honorable mention. What werewolf movie is really good, but doesn't quite make your list? 
All right, so I hope you're not going to be mad at me, but this monorail mentions not really a movie. It's a TV series. Oh, he's just breaking all kinds of rules. Okay, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so this was a TV series uh, back you know in late 80s, and uh, it's basically about a young man named Eric, and he his fr- he finds out his friend is actually a werewolf and ends up attacking him and biting him, and so Eric has to shoot him and kill him to save his own life. And the only way that Eric can get out of the curse is to kill the original werewolf for their clan. And uh, what's really cool about this TV series is it, it you know, it's, it's, it was on the Fox network, so it wasn't like the biggest budget thing, but it had Rick Baker on who did the effects for American Werewolf in London. So the werewolf looks really cool, really good effects. And uh, and there's actually a couple of cool cameos by Sid Haig and Tony Todd in this series. Dude, you just <clears> told me. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, and I think they're kind of like one-offs, like an episode here or there. But, uh, you know, the, in that, the, the format of the show is kind of cool. It's basically like the guy, he's on the run, this guy named Eric, he's on the run because he killed his friend, and so the police are after him. But he each episode finds him in a new town, a new situation where he's trying to not kill people because <laughs> he's actually a good guy. But when he turns into a werewolf, you know, he he doesn't always have control of what he does. So it's almost like the Incredible Hulk, that same kind yeah. of format where he goes from town to town and he kind of helps out people from, you know, f- people are being mistreated or whatever. Uh, so it's a cool show. And uh, the villain, like the main werewolf is pretty cool. It's Chuck Connor. So if you guys know, you know, if any old Western fans out there, uh, you'll recognize the name Chuck Connors. He was the like the, the big bad werewolf in this one. And uh, he had a really cool transformation sequence for him. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to uh, mention that one at least. Uh, and I know it's not a movie, but this is probably the uh, thing that really got me into werewolves as a kid was watching this TV series. Oh yeah, that's totally cool, man. And I'm I'm always okay with bending the rules a little bit, especially if you bring me a nugget like this because I'd never heard of this show. And I know Chuck Connors. Like when you said his name, I'm like, I think that's that guy. And I looked it up and I saw his face and he has that chiseled jaw. I'm like, oh yeah, yep, Soylent Green. Yeah, I remember this guy. And so that's cool to see him as a werewolf. I might have to check this out. So since you said this is kind of what got you on the bandwagon for werewolves, that means you grew up with this. Have you seen it since then? Unfortunately, it doesn't have like a – the only legit like DVD or Blu-ray release is like in France or something like that. Um, So, But I do have a bootleg version (laughs) on DVD. So I've watched like part of it. You know, it's like a – something that somebody recorded off TV because it has kind of like... It doesn't have the full commercials, but you can see where they started recording after the commercials and stuff like that. Andy so, with his black market yeah. DVD. Look at that. Yeah, so I mean, if I think the... Uh, I think you can't order the set you know, from, from the, the France retailer or the France movie company, whatever, whoever made it. The reason why it, it doesn't have a... Uh, like a U.S. release and why they had such a hard time making a release because there was some kind of rights issue with the music on there or something. Mm. So, but they were able to get it for like Europe somehow, but not for the U.S. But anyway, is it still in English? Yeah, I think so. I, I, yeah, I, I I'm assuming it's still in English. That maybe they have like some some like kind of subtitles. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh man. I hate that. Like when you think that 
like you read about something and it sounds too good to be true and then you find out it is like you can't just go on ebay and buy it you know what i mean or or stream it you know Ugh. we got things too yeah. easy nowadays that we get really disappointed <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool man thank you for uh introducing me to a new show that now i can't watch great all right so you said um you know, I was going to be mad because you broke the rules. And, and I'm not mad. And um, though I'm not breaking any rules, I might make other people mad because my honorable mention also has Rick Baker. My honorable mention is An American Werewolf in London, 1981. And the reason it's my honorable mention is because I know how insanely loved this movie is. I know how insanely talented Rick Baker is, and I can't deny how good this movie really is. But to be honest, it's really not one of my favorite werewolf movies. But it looks great, and the comedy's great, and it is a really good movie. And so that's the reason that, yeah, it's not on my five, but I felt it was important enough to be in honorable mentions because it may or may not be on your list. I don't know, but I know people would be really pissed off if this movie didn't pop up in a werewolf conversation because it did so much for the genre. So I'll give it to them and say, you know what? It is a really good movie, so my honorable mention in American Werewolf in London. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good movie, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get into this top five. What is your number five? All right, my number five is also, uh, coincidentally, the fifth movie in this franchise. And uh, that is The Howling Five. Uh, now, I know people are going to start throwing rocks at me or, you know, start <laughs> booing me. Yeah, no, they just this, turn the podcast like... off. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this list, you know, just a disclaimer, this list is like my personal top five. It's not going to include... It's not going to necessarily include like the criti- critically acclaimed movies, so just fair warning. But yeah, Howling Five. Uh, this came out in 1989, and I first saw this on TV, and I think that's why I love this movie is because it's one of those movies I saw as a kid, and it just had an interesting premise. It's kind of like a whodunit, but with like a werewolf, and it takes place in this old castle. These people are like stranded in an old European castle, and one of them is a werewolf and starts killing them one by one. So it's I love it. You don't really get to see the werewolf a whole lot in this movie, which is unfortunate. But the the premise is just kind of cool. So it's something that I can watch a lot. And uh, yeah, I know you've seen this one, Dave. I think I, you watched it because I told you about it. Yeah, yeah, I did watch it. And I was really intrigued by the way you presented it as being a whodunit werewolf movie because it totally has a slasher beat for beat you know what i mean like it follows that plot line of a slasher movie people are getting picked off one by one a lot of off-screen kills a lot of low-budget horror kills and so it totally fits into the mold of movies i like and i even thought the setting in the castle was really cool and so though it didn't make my list or anything i think that it's definitely something people need to see if they've never seen it all right well if people are still listening to the podcast after that i'll tell you about my number five because uh my number five is actually a made-for-tv movie Andy, have you ever been to Louisiana? I have. You have? Okay. Uh, Well, I haven't. And so I guess if I go there, I'm glad you made it back safe, but I need to be careful because there's probably going to be a sheriff there that's hunting a werewolf. My number five is from 1972. It's Moon of the Wolf. Andy, have you seen Moon of the Wolf? Yeah, I watched this uh, not too long ago. Uh, I've seen it a couple times because I've uh, I kind of just stumbled upon it like, oh, a 70s werewolf movie I've never seen. So I, I watched it like a long time ago, and I watched it just last year again. And, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool movie. 
um, you know, like you said, it's kind of like a whodunit kind of thing. It's made for TV, so um, you know, it kind of has that made for TV feel to it. But I don't, you know, I don't mind it at all. Sure. Well, and it's really cool because it's got a lot of stars in it, but it's always really fun to see people who've acted with Rob Zombie in it. And so this movie has Jeffrey Lewis, who people might recognize as Roy Sullivan from The Devil's Rejects. So when I found out he was in this movie, dude, I was in for the ride. I was like, I don't even care if this movie's bad. I have to know. Like, maybe this is the reason Rob Zombie recruited this guy, since he always does that. But, you know, it's a pretty serviceable movie. Like you said, it's made for TV, and I've always been a sucker for those straight-to-video, made-for-TV type movies. And this movie... It has a real simple story, which is really good for me because I need something cohesive I can follow. And it's about a local girl, and she's found murdered. And they first assume that, you know, maybe it was like a ravenous dog or something. But then people start to realize the way that she was attacked, like, it's like she was murdered, then attacked by a dog, which, as we know, you know, killed by a werewolf. And so the sheriff's trying to figure out who did it. But unfortunately, like, it's a small town, so, like, everybody has connections to each other and so we have like ex-boyfriends new boyfriends uh and the town also hosts a really dark secret and so i would just say definitely if if people haven't seen it and they really do like those made for tv kind of southern charm camp movies then uh this one's for you so yep 1972 moon of the wolf what do you got for number four all right my number four is bad moon from 1996 and this is one that uh came out uh in 1996 i just turned 18 and i was able to go to the movies like by myself and see like r-rated stuff and so uh, i saw this new werewolf movie coming out so i was able to actually go to the theater and watch it and have the time of my life you know it's just a really cool movie um it has some really cool effects it's basically just about a guy that was you know was bitten by a a, a monster you know, a werewolf and he he comes back he was like in the amazon or something like that i can't remember now but he comes back home and he lives in like this trailer in his sister's backyard or something <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> kind of funny but uh you know but he, he's a werewolf and uh he he goes out and uh you know does some uh some nat some naughty things at night and uh and it's it's interesting it's got uh it's got mariel hemingway so people may know her from different things uh and but it's cool what's cool about it is the that's got a, a family dog in this movie and so you get to uh you don't not necessarily get to see things from the dog's point of view but like the dog is aware that something is not right like the dog really doesn't like this guy and uh there's an interesting scene you know and you know with the dog you know is uh defending the family i'll say that and uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool movie. It's a you know '90s horror flick, so it's definitely one that I'll watch from from time to time. Oh yeah, I'm guilty of loving a '90s movie too. And though Bad Moon is not on my list, I have seen it once, and I remember almost nothing about it. I have the DVD, and I watched it right when I got it, and I remember enjoying it because you know I was excited to see a new werewolf movie, and I remembered the lead actress, and it's like when you said Bad Moon, I pictured her face. But then you described the movie, and I was like, shit, I don't remember any of this. So I think I need to rewatch this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it streams on Freebie. So if anybody's interested, check it out. Bad Moon. Cool. All right, my man. My number four. Andy, what is your favorite sport? Um, 
Well, you know, since the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, I guess I could say football. Oh, we just <laughs> lost all of our Philadelphia listeners. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, Let yeah. me ask you this question. How do you feel about boxing? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, my number four would definitely make me want to watch boxing because it's about a college student who also happens to be a boxing werewolf. It's uh, from 1987. It's Teen Wolf 2. Oh, and man, so okay. I change it up a little bit because even though it's a comedy, it's still a werewolf movie. And this movie is awesome. I I had to really figure out if I wanted to talk about Teen Wolf 1 or 2. And I chose to go with the sequel because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the sequel as much. The original is fantastic. has um, Michael J. Fox. It's great. Can't say enough good things about it. But the sequel, something about a werewolf fighting is a lot crazy and scarier than a werewolf playing basketball. And so... Having this movie be like early Jason Bateman is really cool. It has John Astin from Adam's Family. It's got Mark Holton, who was in the original Teen Wolf, but he's also in Leprechaun. Uh, it has Kim Darby, you know, from Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and Halloween, Curse of Michael Myers. And it's got styles. I mean, it's, it's just a really fun movie. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to go straight horror with everything, but then I was just like, man, I want to talk about Teen Wolf. So, Andy, have you seen the Teen Wolf movies, especially this one? Yeah, you know, I've seen them both like one time, uh, but it's cool that you brought them up because I definitely think that they deserve to be mentioned because, uh, you know, especially in the 80s, you know, you got, they're like mainstream movies. You know, you got Michael J. Fox, you got Jason Bateman. These guys were, uh, you know, the heart, teen heartthrobs, especially Michael J. Fox, you know, Back to the Future. And then he goes and does a werewolf movie, yeah. you know, so that's really cool. Uh, so that just kind of brings the whole werewolf thing to like the mainstream. So you got to respect them for that. Yeah, definitely ones that I need to rewatch. They're definitely like just those feel good, like fun '80s movies that you just can't you can't say no to. They are, and I think they're just outside of the box to be considered like family movies because they're slightly raunchy but i would say definitely that pg-13 crowd and, and anybody older can appreciate it but these movies especially this one they have really good like 80s montages so when you see like jason bateman in werewolf uh makeup and he's fighting but it's got like you know great 80s music that it's just it creates something that's special and uh i really like it so i wanted to bring it up so yep my number four 1987 teen wolf 2 so let's uh, let's go into the middle of our list, my man. What do you got for number three? Well, my number three should come as no surprise whatsoever for anybody, especially if you follow me on Twitter. Um, I like to bring this movie up quite a bit. And it is Howling 2. And uh, this movie, you know, it's a classic. It's a world of classic. I don't care what anybody says. It stars the stunning Sybil Danning. It stars the legendary Christopher Lee. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, of course, you know, maybe the uh, werewolf outfits were originally for the Planet of the Apes. You know, who's, who's gonna, who's gonna, uh, you, you can't uh, split hairs here, but uh, you know, it, it was, it's it's a great movie, man. I have a lot of fun with this movie. You got like Christopher Lee uh, fighting werewolves, and it's kind of it, they kind of tried to put the Lost Boys kind of spin on werewolves in this movie. They try to make werewolves kind of cool, you know, kind of hip. Um, Sunglasses. And they, yeah, they try to make Christopher Lee hip, you know. But yeah, this movie's just fun, and and it, and it has a whole also holds a special place in my heart for me because we got to talk to the director Philippe Mora, which is a really cool experience over on Black Cat Shadow. 
But uh, yeah, man, this was it's it's not a great movie. I'll admit to it. You know, it's it's a B movie. You know, and most people that see it are gonna like turn it off after like 15 minutes. But that's okay, because I'll just I'll talk about this movie all day long. But uh, yeah, Dave, I know you. I know you. You know, we talked about this before. You know about it. Um, it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not on your list, which I can understand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not on my list, but that's just because I absolutely knew it was on your list, but I also thought it was going to be your number one, so I can't wait to hear about your other two movies. Yeah, um, dude, The Howling 2 is an awesome movie, and it's because of you that I saw it. It's also because of you that The Howling has made two appearances on this podcast already. But yeah, back whenever I did Dave's Pop, culture podcast you know you and i did uh cover the howling 2 on my season finale on my show finale and uh, it was a really good time it was the reason that you know i had watched that movie more than once because like you said we did the director's interview and then we found out he did part two and part three so i watched both of those and then i have made my way through the howling franchise dude and so it's really cool for you to bring it up christopher lee is always welcome on this podcast so i love that but um yeah, I think your number three and my number three are going to go together hand in hand. So, oh, okay. Let me just switch over and ask you a rhetorical question because I feel like your number three is just like mine in that it's a perfect example of, hey, Andy, do you have a comfort movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm talking about a movie that, you know, nobody ever talks good about. And you recognize why people don't like it, but something inside you just feels right when you watch it. Would you say that that's The Howling Part 2 for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. What if I told you my number three is from 1988, and it's The Howling 4, The Original Nightmare? Oh, nice. Listen up. This movie, straight to video, totally shows, right? But as I mentioned in my number five, dude, I'm a sucker for -for made-for-TV and straight-to-video movies. And... The Howling 4 is about an author who has like this mental breakdown and she has to go to this small town and she stays at a cottage with her boyfriend, but the small town is infested with werewolves. And I know, like I mentioned in my honorable mention, that American Werewolf in London is always regarded as being like kind of like the iconic werewolf movie, but if nothing else, they say it has the best like werewolf transformation scene. But I don't care, dude, because I love the melting werewolf transformation in this movie yeah this is this is a fun one i mean i remember watching this one a while back when i was going through the franchise yeah and it seems like it's almost like a remake of the original howling i think it's like this like a similar story and i don't know if they're both based on the original novel or or what they actually uh, are (laughs) they really are and and this movie is actually closer to the novel than the original so you you totally picked up on that yeah yeah and and I, i do remember a really cool werewolf transformation scene in this one too yeah so definitely like for for what it is i mean it's it's cool i mean it's it's a it's a good flick i mean it's got some special effects it's got it's got werewolves you know so yeah <laughs> he's it, like what else do you a... need <laughs> yeah and you <laughs> yeah. know the reason that like i don't have to tell people why i love this movie i mean i pretty much already did but I also, like, recognize, like, you know, when you put this movie on, it's in, like, 4 by 3 standard format. It hasn't been rendered in HD. It streams everywhere for free with ads. I get all these things. The acting isn't perfect. You know, I'm pretty sure they recorded it with no sound and dubbed their voices later. All these things. But somehow, all this makes it even better than it probably would have been had they, like, spent more time and effort on it. And... 
like everything is just adequate it just works for me the campiness this is a movie that like you could just put on the tv and play on your iphone and, and watch up on all the scenes that you like you know it's just fun to have it in rotation you don't know what you're gonna watch eh, i'll watch the howling four again and that's just me bro but yeah my number three is uh also in the howling franchise so we'll see if that pops up anymore but let's go to your number two Number two, <clears throat> it's already been mentioned in this podcast, but it is an American Werewolf in London. I don't know. The more I watch this one, the more I really like this movie. Um, you've got the special effects, and I think it just has a really cool story. You know, it has that comedic edge to it too, which I really like. And um, but yeah, I mean, this one, this one's good. You know, John Landis does a good job with the directing on this one, and uh, David Naughton is great. And I love the. Uh, the British Isles, the feel of the British Isles, you know, like the moors and stuff. It just has a really cool setting. Uh, the little village, you know, the slaughtered lamb is really cool. <laughs> if um, you like to drink. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, and I love the different uh, scenes in London on this one. You've got the, like the subway scene, which is really cool. Like that subway station scene was really cool. Um, you've got the movie theater scene. You know, you've got his dead friend that follows him around. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot to like on this one. It, yeah, there really is. And, and I'm glad that you're giving it even more love than what I did. This movie, I know when I first realized it was directed by John Landis, I was like, really? Because John Landis to me has always been more of a comedian. But then you watch this movie, and it is a horror comedy, and it's done really well. There's a lot of taste to it. But you also can't discredit that John Landis knows how to do werewolves because he did Michael Jackson's Thriller. And that, like, doesn't count for this list, but it also totally should because it's amazing. And, uh, you know, John Landis, he also did stuff like Twilight Zone, and but he also did comedies like Trading Places. So if you just kind of mix all that, you get American Werewolf in London. And I'm with you, man. Uh, David Naughton's awesome. Yeah. Great. Number two, you just made a lot of people happy. They probably came back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My number two, Andy, how do you feel about classic movies? Yeah, I love them. I love them too, and my number two is one of the most beloved werewolf movies of all time, and it totally deserves to be. It's from 1941. It's The Wolfman. Yeah. I'm a sucker for universal monster movies, and um, I'm equally a sucker for anything that has Lon Chaney Sr. or Jr. in it. And Lon Chaney Jr., man, he totally earns his status as a horror icon by getting to play The Wolfman. I had a hard time choosing, though, between this and Werewolf of London and, you know, the one that came before it. I was going to have them both on my list, but then that didn't leave room for um, my Howling movie, so I had to, you know, sacrifice something. And Henry Hold is really good in Werewolf of London, but honestly, I have to give it up to Lon Chaney and the Jack Pierce duo. The movie features Bela Lugosi and Claude Rains, and it's just like a giant family of who's who classic horror icons, so... What do you think about number two, Wolfman, 1941? Oh, yeah. This this one has such a great atmosphere to it, and, and Lon Chaney Jr. really is a great actor. You really you really identify with his character. Uh, you identify with his struggles and stuff like that. You, you're rooting for him to, to to get the upper hand on this curse. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. You know, like I said, Bill Lugosi plays a small role in this, and so it's good to see him. Um, the set pieces are really cool. Uh, they just lend to the atmosphere, and uh, and I really love the makeup effects too. They do a really good job with even even the werewolf transform transformation scenes. They do a really good job with you know for the times that it came out in. This was like 
I don't know what you call it, but I mean, this was like something, a noticeable, like, uh, achievement because the, the, you know, the, just the, the way they did the camera work, the way they filmed the transformation. I mean, this was a, this is something just like on the cutting edge of filmmaking. I, I feel I like think it's safe to call it a milestone. That's probably, yeah, yeah definitely. And again, <laughs> Universal Pictures, man, they knew what they were doing, right? They had success in the in silent film area, you know, twenties and thirties and stuff. And The Wolfman falls right in the middle, nineteen forty one. And you and I have talked at length about Wolfman, and then Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and gushed over like the cemetery pieces and tombstones and castles. And they just they had all the cool toys to play with, and they made these movies look so awesome. And I feel like I just had to really give credit where credit's due. Plus, I think the rewatch value of the Wolfman is fantastic. So, yeah, I had to go all the way back to 1941 because it's just great. But yeah, for sure. You know, speaking of great werewolf movies, I can't wait to find out your number one. Lay it on me. All right, my number one. It's another 80s werewolf movie. And this one is Silver Bullet. You've got Corey Haim. You've got the crazy Gary Busey as as the uncle. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, you got Everett McGill as, you know, a character in the movie. And, uh, you know, he's from Twin Peaks, if anybody doesn't know who that is. Uh, he's a familiar face that you'll recognize when you see the movie. But, yeah, I mean... It's from a Stephen King story, a graphic Stephen King graphic novel. This is just has a, a lot of charm, you know, a lot of '80s charm. You got, like I said, you know, you got all the typical actors that just bring that feel to it. Having the protagonist, you know, the main hero being a boy about our age when this movie came out, I think you can just really identify. Like we could really identify with this. I could, you know, sneaking out of your house to shoot off fireworks and stuff, and and then just having to. Being a boy and having to overcome this evil that's in your town, uh, it's just really cool. A uh, really cool story that I think a lot of people our age could identify with. And uh, and also has the whodunit aspect to it, too, which I thought was really cool. But, yeah, the, the effects were decent. I mean, you know, they, they weren't the greatest, all of it. But, uh, they, but it's, a, it's a cool movie, man. I, it, like, it's my number one, so I, I definitely love it. Um, it's something I could sit down and watch at any time. That's awesome, man. I, I hear I thought we were going to have every Howling movie on our list. <laughs> I'm glad that you changed it up a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, Silver Bullet is a quintessential uh, movie of the 80s. And, you know, when you talk about it, I, I started to think about, like, obviously everybody should love Corey Haim. Like, we lost him too soon, but he was great in everything he did. But you know what else? I'm thinking, like, you talk about, you know, he's like a teenage boy and he's got to overcome the, the hidden dark secret of the town, the evil and everything. And it just got me to thinking about all these kind of movies that we had growing up, like Goonies and stuff. And then you have stuff today like Stranger Things. And I'm like, that perfectly fits in that mold. So I would go as far to say even people who have never seen it that maybe are a little younger than us, but, you know, they grew up with Stranger Things and like that whole, like, kids during the summer, you know, getting into trouble and then getting to something maybe bigger than they are and having to fight it, like you said, I think that they could really appreciate um, Cycle of the Werewolf or, as you call it, Silver Bullet. Yeah, for sure, man. You summed it up perfectly. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story that I hate. <laughs> I bought this on VHS <laughs> and then went to watch it and the tape was all jacked up. Like, it didn't play right because the tracking couldn't be fixed. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, I yeah. didn't take it back. I just threw it to the side and pouted, so... And then streamed it for free. <laughs> Good pick, dude. Good pick. Love Silver Bullet. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. What is Dave's favorite werewolf movie of all time? 
Andy, have you ever traveled outside the United States? Yeah, I have, actually. Awesome. Have you ever been to Spain? Haven't been that far out of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number one takes place in Spain, but in the 18th century... And, dude, it was no contest. From the beginning, when we said we were doing this, I knew with all my heart what my number one favorite werewolf movie is. And it's from 1961. It's The Curse of the Werewolf. Oh, man. This is one that I wanted to watch so bad I just didn't get around to it. It wasn't streaming for free anywhere. I mean, I could have rented it. But, yeah, I just didn't get to it. Uh, So, yeah, tell me about it. I understand maybe not wanting to cough up the money to rent it if you don't know if it's good or not. But now let me be the justification for you to rent this movie because this movie was produced by Hammer Studios, right? It was the only werewolf movie they did, and it stars Oliver Reed. And, dude, I love Oliver Reed. The dude is such a good actor, and he is a scene stiller, right? Unlike many werewolf movies, you have a typical story where, um, you know, the boy's bitten by a wolf, girl's bitten by a wolf, whoever, and now they're going to change into a werewolf, right? Not this movie, dude. And I wouldn't dare spoil the methods that this film uses, but it's about an adopted boy who does become a werewolf. And the performances are so good, from from Oliver Reed all the way down to people playing like maids and butlers. Like Everybody in this movie just gives it their all. And I love the set design pieces. They used some of the old Hammer horror film sets that were used in Horror Dracula, so it's kind of cool to see some of those again. The makeup is so good in this movie. Like... It's a way that you can see like who the actor is playing the werewolf, but it's it's done so well that it, it kind of makes you look at it twice, like you second guess. You're like, damn, that looks really good. Because I don't need a movie where it's like straight creature and it's just like animatronic. I mean, don't get me wrong, those are cool too, but I really like the what makes the werewolf a werewolf. You, you know, you're on two legs, you're running, it's a part man, part wolf, you know? And I think that Oliver Reed's performance just shows kind of like a tortured soul like somebody who's really beaten down by this curse and you know the aesthetics the way it looks on him makes for an amazing poster if you've never seen the poster be careful though because some of them are spoilers but it's just really great and there's something magical about seeing him as the the werewolf and he's jumping on these like spanish building rooftops but then there's like a full moon in the sky and he's like on a bell tower i mean just the set pieces alone are really really cool and to me it's just a special movie man so my number one my favorite werewolf movie yesterday today and tomorrow is from 1961 and it's curse of the werewolf Awesome, man. Yeah, I definitely have to check this one out. I hope I sold you on it. I hope I sold everybody, and I provide no refunds. <laughs> so if someone doesn't like it, yeah. my bad. But uh, I don't know, man. I-, I think I even wanted to do this top five just so I can tell you about Curse of the Werewolf because it- it's such a fun movie, and you're right. It doesn't stream. I own it, and so I didn't think twice about seeing if it was available. And um, it was cool because I got to show it to Julie, and this is the only movie on my list. She had already seen Wolfman. Like When we got together, I made sure she'd seen some classics, but I told her right away. I was like, okay, I'm doing this top five. You're going to have to watch them number one. Like, I just want you to know. And she watched it with me, and she equally loved it. And so, hey, that's at least two of us. We just need you to be number three, man. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's awesome, dude. But, uh, you know, we'll let Werewolf Talk go for a minute. What do you got in store for us on the World of Horror podcast? Yeah, so my next episode hopefully will come out here soon. i got to get off my butt and do it. Um, It's going to be talking about Oasis of the Zombies. It's like a early 80s zombie movie by the... 
the the uh, infamous Jess Franco. <laughs> ah. So yeah, it's gonna be a good episode. That's awesome, man. And, you know, Andy, he's been on here multiple times, and he's always filled us in about stuff that he's doing. If this is your first time hearing Andy, I feel like a broker record saying that, but go back and check out a lot of my other top fives. Uh, he talks about everything he does, but long story short, you know, they sell those, like, 50 packs of movies, you know. Um, what is it? Mill Creek, right? Real Creek's the one. That, yeah. And he's just working yeah. through them, and we've all seen, like, five of these movies like it's always like the most popular five but that means there's like 45 other movies that you probably haven't heard of and andy takes the time to break these movies down into like 10 or 15 minute segments and really tells you what you need to know he gives you a little bit of the behind the scenes plays you clips sometimes a little bit of trailer action and really makes you like either find a gem or avoid the torture but at least if you avoid it, you know about it. So I do recommend the World of Horror podcast. Yeah, if you like hearing Andy here, hear him there. But Andy, that's awesome. I can't wait for oh wait, what is it, Zombie Oasis? Oasis of the Zombies? What's it called? Yeah, Oasis of the Zombies. That's just screams classic title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to come talk werewolves. Yeah, you got it. wraps up top five werewolf movies what'd you guys think man i hope we were able to put some movies on your list you know get them on your radar or hopefully honor some of the ones that you guys love to be honest when you make these top five lists there's so many movies to go through and then you go and you do the podcast and you like go back and listen to it and you're like shit should i have mentioned that other movie or whatever is neil gonna kill me for not mentioning where <laughs> w-e-r it's a good one too but uh, no, I'm really happy with my list. I liked Andy's list a lot. Apparently, between Andy and I, we love the Howling franchise. And uh, I've made it through most of that franchise, but there is, I think, one or two more I haven't seen at the very end. Uh, and Amityville Moon doesn't count, right? That That is a werewolf movie, but it's not part of the Howling. I wonder if it's any good. I know my buddy Marty said it wasn't, but he don't know Amityville like I know Amityville. Maybe Neil has seen it. I should ask him. But uh, no, I just want to say thank you guys for checking out this episode. It's good to be back on the microphone doing some podcast again. And this one was a lot of fun. And so I'll probably get Andy back on here in the near future to maybe do a top five vampire or top five zombie. You know, just kind of keep that train going because, shit, that's a lot of fun. But uh, you guys stay tuned because the next episode I have coming out will be uh, a general chat one, uh, kind of like a who is or a catching up with. So it's been a little while since I brought somebody on here just to shoot the shit. And so I hope you guys have a fantastic day and thank you for listening to the All Things Dave podcast. Arr!